Hello and welcome to the Thrive Online Podcast. This is our sermon series podcast and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. As we get going, I wanted to say that whether you are tuning in today from the car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message inspires you and that it gives you hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and get excited as we get ready to learn today. Well, this morning we are starting a brand new series. I just want to take a moment and welcome all of you Thrivers for being here today. And uh, some of you are probably here because, of, uh, you know, if you're a first or second time guest, a friend maybe invited you to come and you're probably sitting next to them. And maybe after the gathering, you can say thank you. Hopefully you'll say thank you uh, to them. Maybe others of you are just checking things out and you're trying to find a place where you can kind of land your feet and grow spiritually. And there may be a chance that some of you are here today and maybe you feel it's by chance. Uh, that you're here, but you're searching for the truth, you're searching for hope, and you've landed here this morning. And I just want to say this, that you are not here by mistake, that God has a plan for you, and that he wanted you to be here this morning. And we are so thrilled uh, to be a part of that story in your life, because the reality is, is God wants all of us, he wants all of us to be in healthy community with other imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And so um, that's why we gather is because we know that God desires for his people to be together. Amen. Well, um, we are beginning our new series. It's a five-week series based on the Old Testament book of Proverbs. And it's a book of uh, collection of wise sayings, primarily from uh, King Solomon. Many of you probably know of his story, but King Solomon was uh, one of the kings of Israel. And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of dig up some of the gems of wisdom. We're going to polish them off and we're going to look at them and see how we can begin to apply those things to our lives. Uh, Because I I, I highly doubt any of us woke up this morning thinking to ourselves, I want to be more foolish today than I was yesterday. Right? We we didn't wake up thinking, I don't want to be as, I don't want to be as smart as I was yesterday. Uh, I want to be actually like less smart. Right? No, we woke up and all of us probably in our, in our kind of subconscious are like, man, I hope I'm better today than I was yesterday. I hope that I grow in wisdom or understanding that I've learned from my mistakes. And that's really what this book is about. And so what I want to do is encourage you to open your Bibles, if you brought them today, open them up to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to read from chapter one, starting in verse one, to kind of lay the foundation for this whole series. And as you turn there, I just want to say this. This is what I love about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, um, unlike some books, you, you might start reading some books and you might wonder to yourself, what's the point of this book in the Bible? Like, I, like it feels like this maybe shouldn't be in the Bible, or maybe this book feels like, it just feels like a lot of numbers or just a lot of like restrictions or rules. Like, why are, why are these books in here? What I love about Proverbs and I love about what Solomon does is he starts off making it very, very clear to us what this book is for. How many of you guys love that kind of thing when somebody just tells you this is what it is and this is what it's for, right? Don't make me guess, just tell me, okay? And that's what what Solomon does. And so if you're ready, say, I'm ready. We're going to have the the scripture on the screen for those of you who maybe didn't bring your Bibles today or find it easier to read as you follow along up on the screen. This is what it says. I'm going to read it right here. These These are the words, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom. Somebody say amen. To teach people wisdom 
and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. This morning, we are going to be starting this series with the sole purpose of not being fools anymore. Amen? See what I mean about Solomon? See what I mean about how he just kind of lays it out there and says, this is how it is? I love that he basically says this, godly wisdom is essential to a successful life. Makes it very simple, very plain. And I have to be honest with you, I'm excited about these next few weeks because I'm excited to to know that we're going to be unpacking some important truths that will help us live the life that God always desired for us. And we're going to be reading about one of the things that I believe God wants for us in just a few moments in Proverbs chapter 3. So if you wanted to jump ahead, you can put your finger in that. We'll be to it in just a moment. I don't know about you, but gaining wisdom doesn't always come naturally. Uh, What I mean by that is this, that sometimes I have to do, I have to kind of make mistakes more than once before I learn from it. Anybody else there with me? You kind of you know, say something you shouldn't or kind of insert yourself in a place where you maybe shouldn't or you, you, you make the same choice over and over again. And it's like, man, I just wish I could learn from this, right? That's what wisdom is. It's, it's gaining knowledge and then learning how to apply it correctly to your life. I know this, when it comes to our spiritual life, I definitely need the Holy Spirit to help me. And so what I want to do is just start off this morning by just saying a simple prayer and inviting Holy Spirit to speak to us as we read God's word. Would you join me? Well, Holy Spirit, we, we come to you humble, knowing that we need your help. Uh, we know that, that you live in us as children of God. If we have made a decision to be a disciple of Jesus, we know that Holy Spirit has come and filled us to give us wisdom, to help guide us in all truth. And so as we read these words and unpack their significance for our lives, would you speak to each and every one of us? Would you speak in a way that we can understand? And would you show us how you're moving in our lives? And would you, would you help us, Holy Spirit, to be open to the transformation that you're wanting to create in us? And most of all, encourage us, spur us to obey whatever it is you ask of us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I have a question for you. Uh, I want you guys to go ahead and raise your hands. Right when I ask the question, I want you to raise your hands, okay? So if this applies to you, just slip it right up. Um, who here has broken the law? Oh, okay. Some of you guys are just going to be honest. I love it. I love it. Now, some of you are like, I have never broken the law. Thank you very much. What if I asked it this way? Uh, who of you here has ever gotten a ticket? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's different. <laughs> Look at all of us rebels in here, right? Our lawbreakers. I would venture to say that if you hold a driver's license today, there's a good chance that, that you have probably broken the law. Now, some of you, some of you may not have been held accountable to that yet. 
Maybe you were driving down a deserted highway and you went, you went five or 10 over the speed limit and no one stopped you, right? Like maybe you did that. Or, or maybe some of you, I know nobody in this room has ever gotten in trouble um, for being on their cell phone and not being hands-free. I, I know that's not none of any of you, right? Like you've all been perfect. The reality is, is that uh, <laughs> at some point in most of our lives, when it comes to driving, maybe we stretch the boundaries of the law. Maybe we break the law, but we know that we're still okay, right? At least that's what we think on the inside. Here's the thing about these laws or these rules. We love that there are these rules, these guidelines that protect us when we're driving on the road, right? We appreciate the rules except for when we get caught in breaking them, right? I always have to remind myself, uh, not not that I've had a ton of tickets, but I've had my share, okay? I've made my mistakes. And I always have to remind myself that I can't be angry at the police officer for pulling me over for breaking the law. He's doing his job. I'm the one that didn't do mine, right? Like, and so we appreciate the rules. We appreciate these guidelines that protect us while we're driving on the road. And we hope and we assume that everyone else is going to follow those same guidelines, right? But that's why they call it defensive driving when you're learning as a young person. Because you can't count on everyone else to follow all the rules or follow the guidelines, Now, the truth is we we probably didn't like to study all the rules of the road. We probably didn't like having to learn all those things, take all the time, read all the the manuals to learn how to operate the the vehicle. Some of us maybe loved the book part of it, but really didn't like the actual practical driving part of it because it felt intimidating. We don't always enjoy the responsibility of having a car and what it requires of us, but we definitely appreciate the structure that gives us freedom when we follow the rules. Don't we? Like, I'm so thankful that 98% of the people stop at red stoplights. I'm so thankful that, that, you know, people, most people know what it means when you're getting on the freeway and you're, you're supposed to merge. And so you're supposed to kind of figure out how to, where you fit in the flow of traffic. Like, I'm so thankful that most people do that. Now, this passage that we're going to study reminds us that God has given us a manual for life, kind of a wisdom for life that is meant to help us live life to the fullest. And he wants us to have the best life, doesn't he? That's what he says in his word. He desires for us to live a long and prosperous life. So let's go ahead and do this. Let's turn to chapter 3 in Proverbs. And let's unearth the gem of wisdom that Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 has for us. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Contemporary English Translation. I like kind of how it says it here. Um, this is what it says. It says, My child, remember my teachings and instructions and obey them completely. They will help you live long, a long and prosperous life. I see two instructions that God gives us through Solomon. Um, if you don't know who Solomon is... Uh, Let me just share that with you. Solomon was a a king of Israel. He was the son of David. He was a a man who who had had amassed great wealth. And at one point in his life, God basically said to him, ask of me what you would like. Ask of me whatever you would like. And, And I mean, Solomon, I mean, man, he could have asked for anything. Can you imagine if God just like one day you were, you were spending your time praying and God spoke to you and said, I want you to ask of me whatever you would like, and I'll give it to you. What would be the first thing you'd probably say? Right? I love what Solomon says because it helps us. I mean, he didn't ask for more money. He didn't ask for more power. He didn't ask for more status. No, instead, he asks for wisdom. And do you know what God gave him because of that request? He gave him wisdom, but he also gave him 
all those other things as well. So Solomon, a man with supernatural wisdom, gives us two instructions. The first one is this. Remember my teachings and instruction. Remember the teachings and instructions. Now, we have to understand that when Solomon's saying this, he understands that he's been given supernatural wisdom, that the, the, the wisdom he has to share is not his alone, but that it's actually given to him uh, by God himself. Like God has inspired him and, and filled him with the supernatural wisdom. So when he says, follow my teachings and instructions, really he's saying, follow the instructions and teachings that God has placed in my life as I teach them to you. It's, it's not much different than what Paul said in the New Testament when he says, follow me as I follow Christ. He's not saying, follow me. He's saying, as I'm trying to follow Christ, use my life as an example for yourself and follow Christ. That's really what Solomon is saying here. He's saying, remember God's instructions and teachings. Now, let's be honest, this this first part isn't that hard for us to do, is it? Even if we have to go back to this driving illustration, many of us remember the things that we learned when we were first learning how to drive. Like, remember the the basic rules of the road, the kind of the the, the most important things that we were supposed to remember. Now, we might not remember some of the more obscure rules of the road, right? But we remember the basics. We remember that we're supposed to stop at a stop sign and that, you know, that we're supposed to, like, let people merge and we're, you know, supposed to, like, not turn left on a red light. Like, we, we know those things. We understand those things, right? And so we remember those rules, because they're the most important ones. Remembering the rules isn't the hardest part for us, is it? The hardest part oftentimes is applying those rules. It's the second part that we struggle with and the second part that Solomon says that we need to focus on. And he says, obey my instructions and teachings. What's the word? Completely. That's where things get most difficult, isn't it? Even in our driving, that can be difficult. I, I took some time to look up the, the, like the most common rules of the road that people um, ignore, we'll say. Any guesses on what the top five were? Go ahead and shout them out. Speeding. Okay, what else? Stopping at a stop sign. Okay. Distracted driving. Okay. Follow, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, seat belts. Not wearing your seatbelt. Um, that's a good one. That's actually not one of the top ones. Uh, the next one is hit and run. <laughs> the rules of hit and run. Our family personally experienced this. Someone forgetting the rules of that if you bump into somebody, no matter how hard it is, you don't get to just drive away. Right? Even if it didn't cause any major damage to a vehicle or a post or whatever it is, if you hit something, you're supposed to stop. But somehow people ignore these rules and they just kind of go on with life hoping they can get away with it. And oftentimes, let's be real, oftentimes we do get away with it, don't we? Scripture here says that we need to listen and obey to these instructions completely. Think about this. Doing any one of those things that we just mentioned when it comes to driving, ignoring those rules, could ruin someone's life, including your own. It could actually take someone's life, including your own. And in the same way, when we don't follow God's instructions, it can ruin our lives. And it could potentially, it could potentially keep others from a full life in Christ. It could keep you from a full life in Christ. 
Obeying what God has instructed to us is important. You see, those rules of the road, they're important to follow, but they're not hard to follow. In the same way, God gives us instructions. Now, you might be saying to yourself, but, but Pastor, th- th- it's really hard for me to, like, to really consider following all the instructions that the Bible says. Like, Do we have to follow every single rule that's listed in Scripture? Well, here's what I love. When Jesus was asked this question, when he was, they were trying to get him in a trap, they were trying to see if, he was gonna, if he's really the Messiah, if he really is the one who came to set people free, they said, well, which of the, which of the rules is the most important rule? And what did Jesus say? He kind of broke it down. He kind of summarized it into two big ideas, two big things that we should follow, the instructions that we should follow most closely because those two things kind of are the the major categories for everything else to fall under. And he said this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love God first. That's the first major instruction that you need to keep because if you do that, things will go well for you. And he says, and the second one is just as important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, if we were to look at the Ten Commandments, we would see that we could break all of those Ten Commandments into those two categories. Those commands that God gave. I love that these are so concise. They're basic, and yet they are so full as well. They have so much importance to them, don't they? They are the most important commands to follow but they're not difficult to follow. And and Solomon really kind of helps us understand that, 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 that following these instructions shouldn't be hard for us. As long as we do the, the right things with our own hearts, as long as we put our right, our heart in the right order. Solomon says this. He says that there's a, re- a reward for remembering and obeying the instructions that we've been given by God. When we learn to order our lives by those two things, love God first and love people as you love yourself, when we order our lives around those, those two commands, what happens is this. We have a, a long life. That's what Solomon says. He says you're, you'll have a long life. Now, what is long? I don't know. Only God knows the number of our days, but I, I can tell you this, that the chances of us, of us having a longer life because we follow these instructions is a lot higher than if we live foolishly. Can anyone agree with that? If we're living a foolish life, we have a, a lower life expectancy because we're probably going to end up doing something that will take our life. A longer life. Then the second thing he says that will happen is you'll have a prosperous life. How prosperous? Now, many of us, when we think of that word prosperous, we think of money, don't we? Let's just be honest. Like that, when we think prosperous, I want to prosper. I want to have more money. I want to have more stuff. And so that's what we think. But that's not what the word prosper actually means. The word prosper means to flourish, to grow strong and healthy, or to thrive. You can prosper in a lot of different ways. And it may not be in your finances. It might be in so many other ways. Maybe you prosper in your relationship with your loved ones, or you prosper in your your work, or you prosper in, in just your relationship with God. There's so many ways that we can prosper, but we first have to order our lives around those two commands, to love God and to love others. I think we all want that kind of life for ourselves, don't we? We want to have a long life and a prosperous life. Maybe right now you're wondering, how do I go about remembering and obeying? How do I prioritize the things of God over everything else? How do I order my life to his plan and purpose? 
And so what I would say is this, that maybe you need to ask yourself and answer this question. What is most important to me right now? What's most important to me right now? A couple of years ago, uh, there's this show on Netflix called Tidying Up. And I just have to be honest with you. Uh, there's something inside of me that loves the idea of order. But there's something on the outside of me that just isn't good at doing it. <laughs> Anybody else? Like, there's, I like feeling ordered, but like, I'm not good at ordering things. And so I actually sat down and watched this show. And I remember Megan walking in and being like, why are you even watching this? You're just torturing yourself. Because like, you're never going to do these things. And so uh, she had this thing, um, it was called Tidying Up, the, the woman that was, she's kind of an organizational guru named Marie Kondo. And she would go into a home of a person who struggled being organized, and often they had too much stuff, and they didn't know what to do with it all, and so she'd come in, and she'd kind of observe things, and then she would kind of give them some instructions and things, and one of the things she would have them do was very tactile, very the, the kind of just real thing, she would have them like take things, especially clothes, she would have them take them in their hands, and ask the clothes a question. Actually, it was the asking themselves, does this spark joy? As they're physically holding this thing, does it spark it? When I look at this piece of clothing, does it, does it make me happy? Does it make me sad? Does it make me angry? Does it remind me of a bad time in my life? Is this like, are these my skinny clothes that I'll never get back into? Like, what, what does this clothing spark in me? And if it doesn't spark joy, then you set it aside to be uh, donated or to be sold or to be given away. If it sparks joy, then you, you gently fold it and you say, thank you. You say to the clothes, thank you for what you've added to my life or something like that. I can't remember exactly what you're supposed to, but you're supposed to like, I mean, that part of it was a little bit odd to me, right? But there's something about that. And so when it comes to our spiritual lives, what we need to do is we need to evaluate what we have in our lives. We need to look at all the stuff that we've collected, that we hang on to, the things that maybe are good, maybe are bad, maybe are indifferent. We need to ask the question, does this spark the fruit of the Spirit in me? Does this spark love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Does, does all of this that I've collected into my person does it spark the, the fruit of the Spirit in me? And if it doesn't, then we need to consider getting rid of it, letting it go. Really what this is, is it's simply a practice of prioritizing toward the goal of a well-organized life, the meaning, that we, the meaning we organize our lives around and what takes priority. What takes priority in our lives? Now, we all might be tempted to say the right things about what has priority. Like if we were to sit down, and I don't know you very well, and maybe you, we don't know each other super personally, and we were to sit down and have a conversation, and I would say, what has priority in your life? You might answer, well, you know, my family and God. And, and that might be true. But some of us might have to like get beyond the surface answer that we know is the right answer and be honest with ourselves. What really has priority in my life? We need to identify what has priority. Solomon says this, there's two kind of key things that will help us understand what has priority. The first one is this, what you spend your time on. What you spend your time on. We can spend our time on a lot of different things. Think about your average day. What takes up most of your time? Does it add value to your life? Does it add value to the lives of others around you? Does it help move the mission of God forward here on this earth through you? 
That's not to say that our jobs aren't worthwhile. They are. But are you utilizing that to love God and to love others? Solomon prays that God would help him to consider his days are short. In Proverbs uh, 39, verses 4 and 5, he says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand, my entire lifetime, just a moment to you at best. Each of us is a breath. Now, many of us who hear that might think, man, that sounds really down and that sounds really depressing. But what it does is this, when we learn to number our days, it helps us to value the time that we have. When we understand that we don't, we don't, we can't know how many days we have. We don't know how many hours we have on this earth. What it does is it helps us to prioritize the time that we do have, the time that is now in this moment. What sparks joy? What sparks the fruit of the spirit in me now? Because I might not have tomorrow. I might not have the next hour. And so understanding that, that when we, we look at the time that we have on this earth and recognize that no matter how long it is, it's still fleeting in God's eyes. And he still asks of us to give our time to his mission in his kingdom. When we consider our days are numbered, it should not be something that saddens us, but inspires us to do all we can with the time that we have been given. The second thing we can look to to gauge our priorities is, that, uh, is looking at what we spend our money on. How do we spend our finances? I had a mentor once say to me, show me your checkbook and I'll show you what matters most. At the time, I didn't have much in my checkbook, but I could see the things that I spent my money on most. When I was early on in my single life after getting out of college, I was just like, I love listening to music. I love listening to new music. And so I would like, I'd order music online back in, and, I, and I would get CDs, <laughs> right? It wasn't as simple as just turning on my Spotify and listening to a playlist. No, I had to like get CDs. They'd be shipped to me. And there was something about opening them up and reading the liner notes and like kind of like looking at that, reading the, the lyrics and stuff like that. And then like listening to it and just kind of letting it soak in and finding that song that was like the perfect moment for my life. It was, I loved that. I spent too much money on that. I had to evaluate my life. I had to see what I was spending my money on. Now, that wasn't a bad thing. But was it keeping me from being able to do some of the things maybe God was asking me to? Yeah. In Proverbs 30, verse 7 through 9, it says, There are two things, the Lord, uh, two things, Lord, I want you to do before I die. This is Solomon speaking. He says, Make me absolutely honest. And don't let me be too poor or too rich. Give me just what I need. If I have too much to eat, oh, I may forget you. If I don't have enough, I might steal and disgrace your name. I love that Solomon asks for absolute honesty. And what I think he's really asking here is, I want to be completely honest about where my priorities are. Because the very next thing he talks about is not having too much or too little, right? Where are my priorities? What's most important to me? Help me to be really honest with myself, not just with others, but with myself, about what has priority in my life. And I love that he says, God, give me only what I need. Why? So that he will not forget that God is the one who provides. That God is the one who provides. That when we have too much, we're tempted to think we don't need God. And when we have too little, we're tempted to think that we have to solve the problem on our own instead of trusting in God. 
The wise man or woman understands that God is the one who provides all that we need. And when we choose to remember and obey what God has taught us, we are ordering our lives around him. And in doing so, we gain wisdom, which is something I'm confident that we all want today. And so when we look at that scripture, when we look at the, 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 the scripture that we read, and it says, help me to, to order my life, help me to obey your commands completely, what we're saying is, is, God, I want your commands and your teachings to take priority over everything else. And God's simple command is this, love me with all your heart. Put everything you have in prioritizing your life around that. And the second one is just as important because if you're loving me with all your heart, then you understand that I love all of my creation. And so what you need to do is also love your neighbor and don't forget you're supposed to love yourself because I have made you in my image. So we order our lives in that way. This morning, I want to invite our worship team to come as we come to a close. I want each of you to take a few moments to start a conversation with Holy Spirit. Right now, as, as I'm finishing up this, I want you to really take this in and ask this question, what is most important to me right now? What is most important to me right now? And I want to challenge you not to settle for the answer that you think is right. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal the truth. And when he does, if what you prioritize is less than what God desires or is not in tune with what his word teaches, then some confession may be needed. You may need to confess that you've let other things cut in on your devotion Confess that you are ordering your life around something or someone other than God and that they have taken the place of God in your life. Everybody take a moment right now and just close your eyes. Ask yourself the question, what is most important to me right now? Father, what's most important? Reveal to us what's most important. And if it's not you, it's not about loving you with all that we have and it's not about loving others, then God, would you help us to put those things aside and order our life around you? to put us back on the right path. I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to so many of you this morning, and it might not be a major change that you need to make. It might just be a nudge back in the right direction that something maybe has caught your attention and it's pulled you away from trusting in God and, and looking at the life that you have on this earth and giving him time allowing every part of your life to be orchestrated and organized around what God has asked of you, ordering your finances and what's most important around what God has asked of you. I believe that there might be some here today that need to confess that you've never surrendered your life to, to Jesus. Even though he paid the price for your life by, by dying on the cross for your sins, 
And you need to know today you can choose to become a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus by just simply surrendering your life to his teachings, living as a follower in his example, trying to be like him in all that you are, receiving the forgiveness that only comes through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so I want to help you take that step today, maybe for the very first time. Or maybe some of you feel like you just, you've wandered so far that you even question whether or not you have a relationship with God. And so today you just say, you know what? I just want to, I want to put a stake in the ground and say on this day, February 13th, 2022, I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm like the prodigal son who, who made the decision to turn around and run back home. If you want to take that step and move from death to life, if you want to exchange a life without the wisdom of God for one filled with his wisdom, I would just ask that you would repeat this simple prayer after me. And Thrive, would you join with those who may be saying this for the very first time? Join your faith with theirs and pray this after me. Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I know without your forgiveness, I have no hope of redemption. I ask you to replace my dead life with a new life in you. I want you to transform me. Teach me how to be more like you. I want to be led by your wisdom through Holy Spirit today and all my tomorrows. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online podcast.